Australian Security Intelligence Organisation, audio report, file, WND 0002, status, highly classified, report author, surveillance officer Campbell, report. I've again tapped into the First Nations podcast, Fear of a Black Planet, and I'm providing senior ACO officers with evidence of the existence of a highly armed paramilitary Aboriginal organisation, Warriors of New Dreaming. I still have no specific information on their whereabouts. All audio that follows this report is being broadcasted from within the compound. Fear of a Black Planet. I'm Travis DeVries, a Gamilaro man who is podcasting from inside the Aboriginal group Warriors of New Dreaming, who are planning and working towards a decolonized Australia. I've been invited into the Warriors of New Dreaming to help tell the story of the group and get Australia ready for the New Dreaming. I've been really lucky to be given a free run of the Warriors of New Dreaming compound and I'm able to take a really good look around. I've currently been here for about two weeks and I've spent most of my time in the mess hall. But today I made my way to the Warriors of New Dreaming archive store and I'm joined by my guest, Drew River. Hey. Hi, Drew. How's it going? Good. Um, so you're the... The, the librarian for what tell me what you do tell me what you do for for warriors of new dreaming so my position title is warrior librarian it's a combination of um tribal experience plus having a um, library and archive degree from charles State university so merge those things together and then you become the warrior librarian or a warrior librarian sorry i am not the only warrior librarian in the world Oh, how, how many? Oh, you are the only warrior librarian of Warriors of New Dreaming, though? I am. Our, you are here at our archive store, um, and you can see that our shelves are mostly empty. Um, one of yeah, the why, thing- why? Can you... The, uh, that was kind of curious, because I kind of came to the archives, which has, like, funnily enough, like, above the entrance has library and archives written over the top of it which is kind of cool like it's a this is a fairly big compound and it's almost like a small town but like i got in here and there's a few books but yeah so um and most of those books are just for you know for enjoyment but um being part of one of the strongest oral cultures in the world is super beneficial but does have its downsides in the fact that um it's quite boring here in the sense that um, we don't actually need to preserve things on paper because we are orally transmitting um, most of this stuff. So you remember kind of everything that's ever been told to you? No, but I know who to ask. Um, so we've, you know, we have a lot of, um, you've probably come across them in your time here, a lot of elders in the thing. They have the stories and you sort of, um, if they're ready to tell you, you, get, you learn from them. 
Well, yeah, so I haven't met any... I don't think I've met any of the elders so far. I've mostly been in the food hall. Um, I mean, Janie... You know Janie. Big J. Yeah, Big J. Although I don't know that I would call her Big J to her face. Um, I mean, Janie said I could uh, kind of wander around and make myself at home, um, but, you know, that I couldn't really leave. Um, which is fine. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm okay with it, you know, and I did see like some, uh, I guess, training areas, but, uh, yeah, I've mostly, mostly been in the, in the food hall and now like, this is kind of my first day out exploring and I kind of came here like this was, I mean, the library archive store is straight across from the food hall. Can you tell me like w- the warrior part of warrior librarian? Like that kind of sounds more, that sounds very interesting to me. Like library and um, oral history, that's all cool and all, but the warrior part, like what is your, what do you do there? What's the tribal training? So the warrior part really comes into the fact that I'm a defender of the archive. So I'm, yeah, I'm a defender of the whitewashing of history. So um, for the longest time in um, outside the compound, the archives and libraries and a lot of Western places, are, the history is very whitewashed, very controlled, and I, I want to stop to that. So I'm fighting against it. Yeah, okay. So like if the archives are ever attacked, like w- what, what would you do to defend it? by any means necessary to defend it. Oh, that seems kind of scary. Like that, ooh, that was a little <laughs> Drew. I know we just, I, I know we've had like, we've just met, but um, that was that was kind of, that gave me chills. So you, <laughs> I I think librarian and I think like, oh yeah, nice, nice librarian, but you, you're kind of beefy. Yeah. Um, I, I come from a, I come from, you know, a long line of beefy librarians. There's, Famously, Conan the Librarian, um, which is, which, you know, may not be from um, our culture, but it's from a culture, and you know, there is a long line of warrior librarians. And to be fair, um, going by history, um, we know that libraries, places that store history, are some of the first places to get attacked when trying to destroy a culture. With Warriors of New Dreaming and them wanting to kind of decolonize what and I'm still trying to work out what that really is going to entail. Janie Carter uh, did kind of mention some processes of decolonization. Um, and you talked about conquering and taking things and taking over um, knowledge areas and, and libraries. Like what's the what's the decolonization process of that? What what do you want? Like what are you going to want when Warriors of New Dreaming like do their decolonization thing? Yeah, well I wouldn't um, add um, conquering to the statement. I don't think um, fighting for your rights and fighting for justice are um, necessarily conquering. What we want is to, you know, have self-control, have self-representation. I think my role in that is to self-control and self-representate history and also our cultural heritage, which comes in many forms such as language, you know, cultural practices and even our cultural artifacts. Um, So one of the things I would love to be part of is the return 
or the taking back of those cultural artifacts from places that have previously taken them here in the land on the many lands that are now called Australia and overseas. Like what what sort of places specifically? Like do you have do you have any particular ones in mind? Firstly, the British Museum. That, oh, that's, that, that's number one on the hit that's list. That's number one on the hit list. Um, and also, can I ask, when is this getting released? Um, yeah, we're still working out the release schedule, actually. Um, it's probably, it takes a couple of days to edit. Um, and uh, yeah, so my episode with Jamie came out about 10 days ago. Um, and so this one will probably come out like... Uh, Thursday. Okay. I'm not sure how much more I can say, with, but let's just say that uh, in the future, the British Museum may have a visit from me. Drew, is there like a specific object at all that you, you're looking for? Like, or just all of the objects? Yeah, so there are, but I'm not sure how much I can tell you. I What I can say is... You know, those objects are important to us um, for many reasons. Um, they're, you know, important to our cultural vitalization. They're important to our identity. Uh, and they're also, um, at the moment, um, you used the term conquering before. Um, the way they're displayed at the moment feels like um, they're being used for the demonstration of the power of conquest. And I think in... Uh, decolonizing it's the reversal of conquest so they need to come back here so you would like redisplay them in a different way um no i don't think that's the that's not the goal um we're not trying to replicate what's happened elsewhere we're trying to go back to our teachings but also to like learn from what um civilizations uh, and I say civilizations in quotation marks, um, the capitalist colonial systems, there's things... It's got a pretty good ring to it, capitalist colonial systems. It kind of does, but that's just semantics. And that's just, um, that's just the colonizer's tongue trying to trick you around really nice-sounding C words. <laughs> um, but, yes, we need to... Um, we don't want to replicate um, what has happened in the past. Um, just because uh, they're displayed now doesn't mean they can be displayed in the future. And self-determination and self-representation and self-control of these cultural objects means we can use them how we want to use them. And if that includes, um, you know, potentially, you know, um, burying them or, you know, doing what they're meant to do. So is it just you who's going to get these ob- like are you going to are you going to London soon to go to the British Museum? Is it just you by yourself? Yes, I'm going to London. Um, y- yes, and I'm going to I'm going to try and make some friends on the way. I'm trying to make some friends in, in London? In London in the compound. I'm just trying to make a group of say allies probably potentially 10 more of us um, to sort of, um, you know, plan a visit to the British Museum. Oh, okay. And um, so, like, you need 11 of you. Yeah, I think 11 would be an ideal number. And, you know, preferably 
to make our visit more enjoyable, I think we need, you know, different skills from each other. So like, I'm really good at like, you know, I have a very forgettable face, so I can wear disguises really well, which is, you know, it's really fun. I was going to say, like, every time I look away, I kind of have forgotten what you look like already. Yeah. You do have one of the most forgettable faces I've ever seen. And yeah, I, I've been told this many times. So I think I'm very good at um, disguising myself. So, you know, it's fun for when you're visiting, you know, um, quote unquote national landmarks to look like different people potentially looking like the head curator of the organization as a lark. Um, so that's kind of fun. As, as a lark. As a lark. Um, potentially having someone who's good at gymnastics um, comes in handy. Someone who's a lock pick. Like Aboriginal gymnastics? Yeah. Um, do you know actually one of the first uh, tightrope walkers, well, international tightrope walkers, was, was an Aboriginal person that was part of those um, horrible native circuses back in the day. Is he still available? I'm hoping um, one of his descendants maybe, and then we can, because um, again, those sorts of skills come in handy when you're, you know, visiting, doing touristy things. Are um, you gonna, you're gonna like ask for the artifacts back. Is that the plan? Because like, what do you need an acrobat for? And a, a lock pick. They're just fun skills to have. They're like, they're fun skills for everyone involved. Um, and I want them to be along with me because they're just enjoyable people, like those sorts of skills. We all mesh, we all complement each other. And I think that's what makes a good visit to a tourist destination. Me being able to disguise myself potentially as the head curator of the British Museum. Um, I can see how that would come in handy when, yeah, when you're just asking for something back. Well... That's, that's, it sounds to me like you're planning a heist through river. I I wouldn't say a heist. I would say a get together, and possibly you know if if when those artifacts are returned to the lands that they come from, maybe we can be thanked this group of eleven. But we're probably not actually involved, so we can't be. Do you have like a? Do you have a name for the like the group? Because like this group of eleven, it's not the it's not the sexiest name. Yeah, so we're ele- Well, I'm hoping goals eleven, but so I guess I'm the leader. So probably river. So probably the river group. The river group. Yeah, I guess river eleven. I guess the best name for a group of like I'm the leader. There's eleven people, so. The what River Group. A, what about what about Rivers Eleven? I've I've been told I'm really good with names. Um, Janie did let me call the podcast Fear of a Black Planet. Well, that is uh, a good name. It is a good name, isn't it? Yes. And it kind of like it kind of rolls off the tongue. I've not heard it used before. Yeah, it's really. better. It's better than um, capitalist colonial systems. Yeah, yeah, but w- yeah. What do you think about the Rivers Eleven? Mm, I think I'm going to go with River Group. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I want to change track a little bit and talk about your warrior skills again. What, like, what weapons do you use as a warrior? Um, so one of the good things about having, and we don't have that many. As I was saying, like, um, we don't need to preserve history in material objects consistently. Um, besides our national landmarks, our our sacred sites, but we do have some cultural artifacts on site. So I can, I do and will use them. I also am, um, because um, 
like most like mob, I uh, especially older mob, which I don't ca- consider myself part of, but I am influenced by them. I am a big fan of karate movies. Um, oh. So I have watched over 201 karate movies and am from that, I have not tested these skills. I think I can am so proficient. So you're a warrior librarian who has never been in a fight before? Is that what you say? Yeah. But to be fair, previous to my work as a being a librarian, I'm a warrior librarian, sorry. I have actually worked out in the mainstream um, galleries, libraries, archives and museum sector called GLAM. And I realized that titles mean nothing. So um, when they asked me what my title could be, I actually said, could I be a warrior librarian? No one said no. And I already printed out the business cards. So Sure. Um, they say the pen is mightier than the sword. Have you ever thrown a book at someone? Yes, but that was nothing to do with my warrior job. That was just um, why I actually had to leave the mainstream library sector. Um, someone asked, they wanted the, um, this book that's really horrible called The Fabrication of Aboriginal History by Keith Winshuttle, which has lots of lies in it. So um, as an act of rebellion, I threw a book at them. Um, which got me fired. And then um, actually one of the reasons why I came back, also I want to do good community work, but that's one of the reasons why I came back to the Warriors of New Dreaming. Yeah, so like, can you tell me, Janie was kind of hinting at like sort of the process of joining Warriors of New Dreaming. Just like, I don't know if I'm interested, but I might in the future. But like for our some of the listeners out there, can can you kind of tell me, was there an application process um, Janie talked about a decolonization kind of thing that you had to go through. Um, I'm not sure how much I can get into it. What I do, my backstory with the connection of the Warriors of um, New Dreaming was I was actually born here. Um, I was part of this crew. Um, when I was very young, um, they um, sent me out to um, quote unquote, the mainstream or to the colony. And then from, I went to the colony to learn my craft, um, to see if it's useful and to, um, see if it complemented my, um, the things I learned growing up. I've since come back. Um, what was it like growing up here? It was cool. It was amazing. Uh, it was really, really good. But one of the best things about going back out, going out to the colony and coming back is actually realizing what's so great about it. When you go to the colony and you realize the bad aspects of the colony, you start to see what your um, elders were telling you when you were younger. Um, You see, you can see the comparison very easily. So Drew River, what, um, what do you do for fun around here? Cause, um, cause I've been here for like two weeks and, uh, you know, I mean, I've got a job to do. Janie's kind of tasked me with making this show um, and and kind of getting the word of the... I, Warriors of New Dreaming is such a uh, a mouthful. Do you, like, what do you, what do you think about WAND? Okay, like, just not, not every time I say Warriors of New Dreaming, but, like, what if I replace it with WAND? I love a good acronym. <laughs> um, no, that's a, that's a very... It's too, too corporate for my liking, but 
I am not going to be offended if you were to call it one. I, in my personal preference, that's what I... And to answer your first question, what I do for fun, I've told you about my 201 karate films that I have seen. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll, I'll revisit them mostly. I also, um, you know, uh, dust the shelves of the library. I also... Um, that sounds like a job, sure. Like, like many people here, um, you know, we decolonize the mind. But also part of it is um, decolonizing the mainstream. So meme creation is part of our is part of our um, is part of our um, outgoing sort of work we do is um, um, because we've heard that um, like something called and I'm not too versed in the colony besides movies. So I do get I but I do hear things like the um, alternative right they use memes to recruit. So we've started to make decolonial memes to also recruit. Tell me, tell me more about these karate movies. Like, do you guys do you watch them? You still you've watched two hundred and one. That's a very specific number. Do you have like? Do you have a little diary? You have a little diary, don't you? Where you keep them? I actually know. I've um create again with the oral histories. I've actually created a story that tells all two hundred and one together. So I actually remember what movies I've seen. And in what order I've seen them in. I would what, love to hear that whole story right now. Yes. And I will tell you it to I will tell you it. Um, so, um, so Bruce the Duck wears. Um, Can you also tell me what, um, what movie that is <laughs> and relate that to? So that's Fists of Fury. And that's just only one thing of metaphor and imagery. You can imagine. And, and Bruce the Duck goes on a many adventures. So that's the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, the thing is the story goes on. So so Bruce the Duck is yellow from the sun. He meets um, Jackie, the um, pine cone, um, which I'm not 100% certain, but I know it's from my vernacular. So I know what a pine cone is. So um, part of the teaching is to teach my own vernacular as well. Sure. So, so... Bruce the Duck meets Jackie the Pinecone, who is part of um, guarding a videotape. So videotape's part of the story. Oh, it? yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. So he's guarding a videotape and um, the Pinecone hurts his ankle jumping from a building to building. But his friend, Tucker the Echidna, joins forces with him and they um, try to save another echidna baby from the clutches of a crocodile. So, but one of the problems the crocodile is facing that is he is part of a dimension where there are many parallel dimensions with other crocodiles. And if he kills the rest of them, he becomes the strongest crocodile or becomes the one. But, in one of the mentions, the crocodile has been trained all his life to be a beast and he's only a beast. Um, but then he realizes that all along he was a person. So that's just some of the story and it goes on for, from that. Okay. That was really actually really, how many of the, how many movies was that sto- was in that story? Five. So and that that's only the, some of the story. All right. So the story just keeps going. For a little bit, I think uh, it's pretty well, like for another hundred and ninety six <laughs> movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you can ask so many mob around here, and they can tell you that story by heart. 
because I've told it so many times. Yeah, right. That's that's how oral history works. Is that you guys that like we can repeat it. We can they they might add their own little um spice to it, their own retelling, and so the the moral of the story is usually to be a good guy, defend the weak, and how to handle being an outsider in um systems where you are. So it's a very good analogy to how to deal with the colony. Um, and where can I check out a DVD? Is it, are they in the library? Um, yes. Yes, they are. So oh. we do have, we, oh, oh, sorry. I should mention, we don't have many books, but we have an extensive DVD collection. And we also have, um, one Netflix account that we all, all the, um, all the compound shares. Uh, well, Drew River, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's, it's been really nice to meet another, uh, another wand, another, I don't know. I don't know if that's going <laughs> to stick. Uh, it's been really nice to meet uh, a warrior librarian. You're my first. Um, and thanks to all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes. Warriors of new dreaming really want to make sure as many people in Australia. So-called Australia. Sure. In the world, hear about their group. So if you could go on iTunes and leave us a review, that would be awesome. Deadly. <laughs> this is your first time using a microphone, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they don't really let you out of the archives. <laughs> <laughs>